This episode is sponsored by Marvel Strike Force. If you're looking for a superhero-themed mobile game, look no further. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Your goal is to power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes like Alliance War and Real-Time Arena. The game is currently celebrating its 6 year anniversary, and they're letting new users in on the celebration by providing free stuff, courtesy of our unique link in the show notes. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses, and if you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all of the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. We've received a unique promo code, so new users can follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. That's M-A-X-P-O-O-L. Thanks to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Tuesday, May 30th, 2023. On today's episode of the show, we are going to talk about the series finales of Succession and Barry. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm an editor at SlashFilm.com, and I'm joined on today's episode by Slash Film editor and chief film critic, Chris Evangelista. Hello. All right, Chris, I hope everybody out there had a uh, wonderful Memorial Day weekend. And uh, over that weekend, there was a pretty momentous occasion in the world of TV. So two major shows on HBO came to a close on the same night, Succession and Barry. So let's talk about the Succession series finale first. Uh, I guess just broadly speaking, what did you think about it? Were you satisfied? Yeah, I uh, I think it's a phenomenal uh, finale. I think it's one of like the best TV finales uh, I don't want to say all time because that sounds like hyperbole, but it's definitely up there with with the all time great uh, series finales. Um, I, I I thought it, it absolutely stuck the landing. I thought there was no other way the show could end. I think it ended uh, exactly as uh, it, it should have been in line with the story they were telling and the characters and, and their motivations and. I loved it. Uh, I saw some people on Twitter.com bitching, um, <laughs> for lack of a better term. And I'm, I'm, you know, taste is subjective. You're, you're entitled to your opinion, but some of these complaints, man, are are very weird. Uh, the overall complaint seems to be that the the Roy's didn't quote unquote win, but I don't know what show you're watching. Like <laughs> these are these are terrible people. Uh, you shouldn't really be like. You shouldn't really be wanting them to win anything. And also, at the same time, you got to remember that while they didn't win in the sense that they kept the company, they still made millions and millions of dollars in closing yeah. that deal. They're, they're, you know, there's there's really no, like, uh, there's a, you can't think of terms of winning and losing. And also, I don't, I again, I don't know what show you're, you're watching if, if, you watch the ending and we're like, oh man, I wanted Kendall to win. Like, really? What? What are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If anybody won this whole thing, I would say it might be Connor who, um, you know, is like uh, obviously delusional and like off in his own world about his political prospects and all of that. And like wanting to still wanting to work with Macon and like go to Slovenia or Slovakia or wherever. Um, but uh, and and that seems to be called into question briefly by like a couple lines in this episode where they're like, yeah, Macon might not actually win this whole thing when all is said and done. Yeah. Um, but Connor was invited to that party that uh, 
that where they saw the video where Logan was that dinner party where uh, Logan was hanging out with Jerry and and Carl and all those people and and Connor actually got to do like the I'm a little teapot um, sort of impersonation of Logan yeah. and when those the rest of the siblings came in and saw that video they were just broken and I I think it's not necessarily just because like oh this is the first time that they've seen you know video of their dad well actually that's not even true because I guess he was in the Living Plus uh, opening yeah. thing but like seeing their dad in sort of this human moment, I think part of the sadness there and part of like the yearning there and the reason that they all like touch each other and try to comfort each other in that moment is because like they weren't invited to that, <laughs> that event, you know, like, yeah. they, and, and Connor was like, as, as, as much of a goofball as Connor uh, has presented himself to be over the course of the show, um, that sort of cutthroat nature that all three of them have, Connor doesn't have that. And like maybe opting out of this whole thing is the way to, to, to win this, you know, if there is a, such a thing as winning in this world. And at the same time, even he seems to be kind of losing because Willa is like, I'm going to do my own thing and you go off to Slovenia or, <laughs> yeah. and she's getting her cow print couch. And uh, I, I love that little detail where <laughs> even like, even though like, the, the Connor Willow relationship is the only relationship that lasted until the end of the show, which I do think is fascinating that if you go back to that pilot in the, the first season, like they, all the siblings have, have partners. I mean, Kendall is married, although his, his marriage just seems to be nearing the end, but even, even Roman has like a girlfriend and the show is like completely forgot about them. It's like, we don't need these characters anymore, but Willa stuck around. But even she at the end is like, I'm going to do my own thing. And, Connor can go off and be on his own while I get yeah. my couch. So the, I, I just think it's such a satisfying conclusion for all the characters based on who they are and who they were. Like these are, these are terrible people. Uh, you can, you can sympathize with them. You can have even, you know, empathy for them, but you should also not be rooting for them to, to come out on top in the end, even though again, they just made millions of dollars. They're fine. Yeah. There are so many great scenes in this episode. The, the, um, moment at uh i think it's caroline's house their mom's house where they um anoint kendall the king and uh they have that sort of sweet moment that you know is like only going to be a fleeting thing and like there's yes. no way that this is going to pay off uh wonderfully but it's still like um you know if, if there is a a sort of rooting for these people kind of thing that was the moment for me where like i felt their uh their humanity you know th these people are all monsters to some degree or another but like seeing them act that way uh, sort of behind closed doors, um, you know, it, it it made me feel nice. And and that is not a feeling that the show uh, wants you to have for a very long time. So it's a, it's um, a, It is nice. And it's a nice moment because it, it you get the sense that these people never really had anything close to a real childhood. And that moment is them sort of reverting back to being, they're, they're acting like kids essentially. And it's, it's like, they're getting that one, fleeting moment of of what it's like to be normal kids not kids growing up in this media empire where everything is awful and they're being groomed for terrible things and uh that's part of the show the show is really about not about this but like generational trauma is built into this show like these are all very fucked up people because they had not a they did not have a great childhood and their childhood was so bad that they they seem to not really realize how bad it was like the, 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 the funeral episode where they're, they're trying to reconcile the idea that they don't want to admit their father was a bad person. And I just love that little detail about how these people are so screwed up that they don't really know how to really behave like normal people. And that little kitchen moment is like this brief 
respite of like, oh, they can have fun together. They can be normal together, but they can't really. And even that moment is fleeting because in the end, uh, you know, they can't help who they are. Like I've seen some people complain that Shiv's choice at the end to not vote for the deal is out of character, but it's really not at all. It's in line both with who she thinks she is and who she really is, where she thinks she's, you know, on one level, she's doing a good thing because it's good to end this, this vast evil empire of, of Fox news, like news. But at the same time, she doesn't really want Kendall to win. She has that rivalry built into it. And she Mm -hmm. even says like, you know, I love you, but I can't stomach you. And that's perfectly in line with who that character is. So again, I just, I, you know, I I don't want to make a generalization and say everyone doesn't know how to watch TV, but I really think there's like a subset of people who don't understand how to like, they don't, there's like a lack of media literacy, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think HBO is in, in part to blame for that. I heard somebody say somewhere, I don't remember what on a podcast or in a real life conversation, it all blurs together now, but uh, somebody was saying that like um, Game of Thrones and Westworld have kind of like broken people's brains in terms of like how to watch shows because you're constantly on this like hunt for like, you know, what the twist is going to be or like how, what clue is going to unlock this reveal or whatever. And like Succession was not really that type of show, even though it was on HBO on Sunday nights and like, you know, definitely like in the, the sort of prestige model or whatever. Um, it just had different storytelling goals. And I think when when you try to apply, you know, that that watch style for those other shows to something like this, that that's where some of that stuff comes from, maybe. Yeah. Um, I think it but, even goes all the way back to Lost, honestly. I think Lost is the show that, even though I, I really like Lost, I think it's the show that broke TV in a way yeah. because that show was so much about, the mystery box and solving every week's mystery. And I think people started to get into their heads that all TV is like this and it's not TV is and movies. They're not puzzles to be solved. Like they, you know, there can be movies that are that have like that puzzle built into it, like Christopher Nolan movies, but they're not, it's not a game. Like you're not like, I feel like people have this idea that it's like, I have to prove I'm smarter than what I'm watching. And it's like, what a boring existence that must be like, just, that's not how yeah. you should digest art. It's just like a weird thing. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that Shiv moment that you mentioned earlier. Like, do you think that the reason that she uh, ultimately ended up, uh, I guess, tanking uh, Kendall's succession was because he refused to acknowledge that he had killed that waiter. Like there's that moment where he, he, you know, uh, Shiv and Roman react so strongly to the way that Kendall says, I just made that up. That wasn't a real thing. Which is such a great bit of writing. Just be like, I made up that I killed a guy. That's so fucking funny to me. Do you think that that was the single thing? Like if he had said, if he had had a human moment with them in that boardroom off to the side and said, you know, yes, that was, that was real, but I still think I deserve the job for X, Y, Z reasons or whatever. Like, do you think that she was kind of grasping at straws, just like throwing anything out, that she had for, for potential reasons why he shouldn't uh, take the crown. And then his reaction to that was so um, poisonous to, to her and Roman that it was kind of like, well, now I have the excuse for, for not going through with this. I think she was already there because there's a, I forget who says it, but someone says something in, in that when they're doing the vote and 
the talk, someone says essentially that it's time to, to wrap the, up the company and, you know, move on and to stop with, with what they've been doing. And she has, it cuts to her face where she has like a sort of reaction to that. I wish I could remember the exact line. Cause this sounds like, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I, <laughs> I watched it two days ago. Leave me alone. But, um, the, I, I feel like she was already there. And then that conversation where they're in that conversation definitely is what pushes Roman to, to change his mind because he's, he votes yes, but he says in that in that scene where they're in the the separate boardroom having the fight that he doesn't want it to be Kendall in the end mm-hmm. because it's that fight and it's the part where Kendall hugs him so hard he's like trying to bust open the the cut on his head, which is yeah, very ask you, very bleak bleak moment right there. Where I was going to ask you about that too because that's that's so that's such a complicated moment I think where like the way that I read it and please tell me if you have a different interpretation is that like Roman was saying you know, my wound looks so healed at this point to my eyes that, um, that if I were to go into this boardroom and say, you Kendall should have this, that people will think lesser of me. And I need this wound to actually look worse than it is. So it's a visual representation of like sort of broken, um, you know, uh, state that I, that I'm in, like my, my health is not all the way up to par or whatever, um, as like, uh, kind of a, a thing to hide behind, like a, a reason for people to understand why I'm, um, agreeing to bestow this crown upon you kind of thing. And then there's that moment where they hug and it's almost like, I couldn't quite tell if it was Roman shoving his forehead so hard into Kendall that that he reopened that wound or if it was Kendall grabbing him and and hugging him so hard that the wound reopened or maybe a combination of both like how how did you think about that moment what was going on there I really interpreted it as Kendall doing it because there's still that doubt in in Roman's voice where he's like why shouldn't it be me and he <laughs> Kendall wants it so bad that he's willing to I think it's both a moment of he's actually genuinely being as as comforting as that character can be while also still being like, I want this so bad that I'm willing to do literally whatever it takes to get that, to get the crown, to get what I, I've always wanted to, you know, he's, he is the eldest boy, as he says, <laughs> yes. and he just, he just wants it so bad that he's willing to literally do this, like, really messed up thing to his brother in that, that moment. But yeah, I I think it's like, I think what makes the show so brilliant is that none of these interpretations are really wrong per se. You can read so much into how the characters are behaving and why they're behaving in a certain way, because they're such complex characters. Like every character on this show, like, uh, you know, on a surface level, they're all idiots and goofballs and fuck ups who are just happen to be, obscenely wealthy but there's so many layers to all these people like even greg who's i think the most buffoonish of all the characters on the show even he has this like insidious nature where he you know he's he he went from being this outsider to climbing the ladder so to speak just because of the way he you know he uh, lobbed onto tom and how their relationship developed and Mm -hmm. i just love that the show has such depth to it that I'm really going to miss watching these characters and how they behave and how they make these decisions because I it's it's such a, it was such an unpredictable show like I feel like no one really knew how like no even if you somehow guessed that Tom would be the winner I don't think you know quote unquote winner I don't think you could have predicted it would have ended the way it did and I think that's 
part of the brilliance of the writing of this show. It's such a amazingly written series. Yeah. And acting, yeah. the acting is so, so goddamn good. I know, I know there's like this weird thing out there where people are like, Jeremy strong takes his job too seriously, but it's like, who like he like, that's a good thing. It's good that he takes his job seriously and it works. He's such a phenomenal actor. Everything he does on the show is so unique and, and studied and mannered. And I can't think of another actor like on TV right now. Who's, who was doing what he was doing on that show. Yeah, I agree. He's amazing. And as long as he's not like, you know, mailing his co-stars yes. condoms and rats or whatever Jared Leto was doing on Suicide Squad, uh, then I'm I'm all for the, you know, sort of crazy immersion that he has to do to get himself to that place. Because as long as he's not hurting anybody else or really like, you know, messing with anybody else's process in a, in a degree that's like uh, harmful, um, yeah. you know, for him to, to have to, go there is uh is pretty incredible like the the results speak for themselves i think so um yeah great stuff and like i i was just riding such a high after this was over because uh i just thought they really nailed it and i thought that it like instantly you know i get nervous watching series finales because there's so much pressure of like are you going to stick the landing is this going to be like a scenario where people were like oh the show was great but it really you know th- this is it's a huge part of the legacy of of shows and the way that we talk about them and i was just like so um yeah, so happy that the, the show just completely nailed it in, in my view at the, at the very end there. So um, very much on the same page. And I guess to talk a little bit about the feeling afterwards, I don't know if you had the experience, Chris, of like watching this and then pretty quickly after watching uh, watching Barry, did you roll right into Barry after this? I took like a few minutes and yeah. part of me wanted to wait even longer just because I really wanted to digest that that ending but a part of me also really wanted to watch the Barry finale so I I gave in and watched it but uh, I do wish there had been like more time in between them just because uh, well do you want to talk about Barry should we just launch into Barry yeah let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about the series finale of Barry all right I I agree Chris that I I feel like it's almost unfair that the series finale of these two shows was on the same night because like Barry was such an incredible show and I feel like deserved its own moment to to really shine. I know that's not how the scheduling broke down at, at HBO, but uh, it's kind of a bummer because, you know, the succession casts such a heavy shadow and such a different type of show. And then to, to have to like get back into Barry mode uh, to grapple with those same feelings we were talking about of like the pressure of, of ending a show and all of that, it just feels like unjust in some, some yeah. silly way. But um, what did you think about the, the series finale of Barry? Uh, I don't think it quite stuck the landing. I, I feel like I, I, I'm in a weird place because on one level, I really liked this final season for various reasons. I really liked the time jump. I thought that was such an interesting thing to do. Uh, I loved Bill Hader's direction. Like, I think this season was worth it alone just to have an entire season of TV directed by Bill Hader because he is he's proven himself to be just a, an incredible filmmaker. And I can't wait to see what he does next. At the same time, a part of me thinks the show probably should have ended last season with where, where Barry gets arrested. And I feel like that honestly could have just been the end of the show because this final season, it felt kind of rushed. And I feel like the final episode felt really rushed. Um, I, I like I'm not against what happened in the final episode. I, I think it makes sense that Barry gets killed. I think that's exactly how the show should have ended. Um, I do think. Even though the show has done a, uh, has been consistent in portraying cops as really stupid, I do think uh, it's a bit extreme for everyone to be like, "Yes, Gene is the killer, and he's going to jail for life." 
Like I was like, that seems a bit of a stretch for them to 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 make that conclusion. Um, and I don't think ending the show with that extended fake movie really works. I feel like that was just. I appreciate what they were going for, but I don't think it, it worked as well as it should have. So I'm I'm kind of. I'm not, I, I love Barry. I think it was a great show and I'll probably go back and rewatch from the beginning at some point. Cause I do think it's those episodes fly by, man. They're only a half hour and that you can blow through them so quickly, but I don't think it quite succeeded with that final episode. Yeah. I think I agree with you. I think, you know, it just feels, um, it felt like a little bit of a letdown and it's not like this was ever like a buoyant show that was going to give you some sort of happy ending or anything. I don't mean that. I, I just mean like narratively speaking, it did feel a little rushed. It felt like, uh, you know, I, I can understand the poetry of like Gene Kuzno shooting Barry and like the idea that like this, this figure that Barry looked up to, um, you know, was ultimately his undoing and, and all of that. And, you know, the, I particularly liked the um, Fuchs and Barry uh, moment where Fuchs like sort of gives him that nod, this, the silent, like uh, uh, almost like a silent conversation that the two have just through looks and, and yeah. like um, coming to grips with the, the weight of the shared history that they have between them. Um, I thought that was like really well done. I, th- I thought Steven Root was like amazing this season. Um, yeah doing that that huge physical transformation into the raven and doing that that whole thing i thought was great um the noho hank dying at the at the base of the crystal ball statue was a good image but like i don't know something about that um that moment didn't really ring not ring true it wasn't like a false moment it just kind of felt like a little underwhelming maybe like as I soon as the- those two oh go ahead no go ahead i, don't I was just gonna say as soon as those two armies walked into the room and like we're standing there and had all those guns and like before anybody even said anything, I was just kind of in my head. I was like, all of these people are going to shoot each other. And like, that's how this is going to end. And like, that's yeah. exactly what happens. So it's not necessarily like a ding on the show for being predictable or whatever, because there's so much stuff in Barry that that happens that there's no way I could have possibly predicted. But just the, um, I don't know, the, the narrative like satisfaction that I wanted from the the weight of a finale, you know, the the accumulation of all these little moments throughout this finale episode didn't really build up to the level that I, I hoped I would uh, sort of be sent out with, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, what do you think about that? I mean, there was a, like, again, haters direction, like unbelievable that, that shot where I think that it, it starts with all of them breaking out the guns and like, they all fire and everybody goes down yeah. and then the camera all in one shot sort of like, swoops along the floor and you see like you know people with their guts and intestines yeah. spilling out oh the, the the guy throws the um the like whatever that is little uh flash bomb or like little hand grenade or something and like blows out the window before that and like all of that yeah the, the camera moves uh, the fact that that was all done in one shot i thought was like incredible and kind of like blew my mind on the technical level of like how the hell did you even pull this off um so hopefully the writer strike will be over soon and, and the studios will pay the writers what they deserve. And Bill Hader will be able to actually get back out there and do interviews and explain, you know, how that went down. Cause he's uh, rightfully taking off the time from um, promoting his projects. Like a lot of other folks in the WGA are right now, yeah. but um, yeah. I, I don't, what did you, what did you make of that? The crystal ball um, or I'm sorry, the, the NoHo Hank uh, ending that whole thing. Yeah. You know, I think they, I think one of the biggest issues this season is how they handled uh, Hank's, I guess you want to call it arc or how his progression. Uh, Anthony Carrigan is, is phenomenal. And that episode where Cristobal dies and there's like that one shot on his face where he just looks 
horrified as he realizes what's happening. That's some of the best acting like he's ever done. It's it's so good. However, the problem is they should have had Hank change as a character after Cristobal's death, and he doesn't really. Like they they jump forward in time, and Hank is still just acting like normal, silly Hank, even in the future. And he doesn't really get serious until like that final, final moment. And I feel like that is what makes that moment not work as well because he's still just goofy Hank and they, they should have had him more damaged after that Cristobal death. Like he should have just given up on being his old silly way. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he didn't makes that ending lack. It's sort of, I think punch. I think it would have been more impactful if we had seen multiple episodes of the, you know, the quote unquote new Hank where he's just, kind of dead inside. And then he has that final reckoning where he dies holding Cristobal's hand in a way the the statue's hand. I, I, mm-hmm. I think that's what makes that moment not work as well as it, it should have. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Um, I, I liked Sally's ending the, the fact that she's like a high school theater director yeah. now. And, and I thought that was well done. And the fact that she just like says no to that guy who asks yeah. her out basically like, no, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, it's very direct. I thought it was nice. Um, and, uh, but yeah, the, the idea of like, so, uh, the, the whole episode ends, as you've mentioned with this, this movie version of, uh, of Barry's life and of Cousineau's life. Um, and it's, it's very like heightened and stylized and, um, I, I guess I just don't really, maybe I just didn't get it to the, the degree that I would have wanted. Um, and I haven't really read a lot about the finale and maybe we've actually written a bunch of stuff on slashhome.com. I fully took yesterday off. So I, I didn't even read any of the coverage that we have yet. Yeah. Um, but uh, so maybe people have, have explained this or, or uh, analyzed it in a fascinating way. But like, what, what do you think the show was trying to say with the, um, with that whole extended uh, movie, fake movie sequence at the end? I mean, I don't know what the show is trying to say per se. I think it's more about how uh, it's, it's tough to say because the ending just suggests that everyone in the world of this show is, is really stupid. <laughs> they don't, they, they can't figure out what really happened. At the same time, I do think it's about how, no, I don't know. I think anything I say is going to sound stupid. So <laughs> I mean, like, you know, some things that are swirling through my mind and, and, you know, please check me if none of this makes sense, but like the idea that like, um, you know, it started as a show about acting, right? Yeah. Like Barry, um, you know, developing this, this passion and like this alternate path. And then the idea that like his story is being told through acting, but he's not even there to participate in it. There's, there's some sort of like, you know, uh, poetry in that, I guess. And like the idea that like everything is wrong <laughs> and like even, uh, John, the Barry and Sally's son seems to know to some degree, or he must know to some degree that some of that is wrong because like the, the scene where Barry like bursts in and saves them in the movie yeah. is so different from what John experienced in his real life that he, that I think the movie ends with that sort of, um, I guess what is meant to be like an ambiguous look on, on John's face. And, um, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm just like struggling to comprehend exactly what the show is trying to communicate with, uh, with that face. Is that supposed to be in like, you know, I know all of this is bullshit. I knew the real version of my dad, or is it like, you know, he's buying into, uh, the, the media narrative of what, you know, what really happened, even though, um, you know, real life, he, he can, even though his real experiences 
his real lived experiences would tell him otherwise, but he's still would rather see his dad as this sort of action hero character than the real complicated guy that he was. I don't know. I'm, I'm just like sort of spitballing here, but yeah, I know that sounds right to me. It's, it's, I don't know, man. I, I do think the show is trying to say something about violence and how, how we, we react to violence. There's that great shot uh, where he, Barry, I think he goes to Walmart and he buys a bunch of guns and he just walks out of the store with all the guns strapped to him and no one, even like blinks an eye because that's yeah, and he walks it. through the kid's toy yeah. aisle on the way out. Yeah. <laughs> like, Cause that's the way the world is. And that's the way how uh, that's what we've become. And I do think it, it, it is trying to say something about uh, violence and how we react to violence and how we, we turn violent people. We can turn violent people into, into heroes, you know, even though that can be the furthest thing from the truth. And, uh, but it's, you know, I, I'm a little, I'm, a, I'm just a little perplexed, I guess, by the, the ending as a whole. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't, uh, yeah, like leave me with that sense of like riding out on, on a high that I wanted that I got with yeah. the succession. But, um, but overall, I, I don't know, like the, the show is still so incredible that I, like, it's hard to, um, it's, you know, I, I in, in no way do I want to be like, well, this finale didn't give me what I wanted. So yeah. therefore the show is valueless or whatever, which I feel like a lot of people, um, you know, are in that sort of binary this rocks or this blows kind of uh, yeah. dichotomy or whatever. And like Barry is, is such a more complicated show than that. Plus the fact that like, you know, I think almost every other episode, especially this season was tremendous. So like, you know, the fact that, uh, that I didn't get what they were going for in the ending maybe doesn't necessarily um, speak, uh, doesn't necessarily like reflect on the overall quality of the show, but yeah, I'm, um, yeah, I'm right there with you. I do think it's really weird when like a series finale isn't good and everyone's like, well, that show sucked. Like, no, like you can't, yeah. <laughs> you can't like write off an entire show based on one episode. Like, I think that ending is a disappointment. I still think Barry is a phenomenal show that every, every other season really, really had, had a, had a, a, a big effect on me. And it's just, I loved how it became this, this is like extremely dark series. Like it's what it became one of like one of the darkest shows on TV, which I just think is fascinating because the concept is such a silly kind like, what if a hitman became an actor? Wah, wah. <laughs> and it just sounds like, Oh, that's a silly. Sh it sounds like it's going to be like an SNL skit. And it becomes this dark meditation on human nature and violence and how people react to themselves. And, like the 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 way people view themselves, I do think that is kind of probably part of the ending too, because Barry, in his mind, doesn't think of himself as a bad guy. Like even yeah. all this terrible stuff he's done, and the ending sort of lets him go out on that note. Like he he in a sense he gets away with all the terrible stuff he did because in the, you know the public's eye in the movie's public's viewing public's eye he's a hero and i do think that's part of what the ending is doing too where it's it's letting barry win in a way uh, even though he doesn't deserve to you know he, he still gets killed he's still dead but he in a way he wins and his son gets to see him portrayed as a hero like he's like even if his son knows that that's not the truth, that's what the that's what how the world as a whole views Barry, and that's what the what uh, what's his name John? Yes, John. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's how John gets to go through life with being thought of as like the son of this heroic yeah uh, guy. So yeah, 
Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I think um, Bill Hader has talked in interviews before about how like he thinks Barry is kind of dumb. Like he's just kind of a dumb guy. Yeah. And like the, I think the um, the title of this episode, the finale episode is called Wow. And that's what he says when Kusino shoots him. I think he shoots him like in the shoulder or the chest or something the first time. And he, he looks at him and he goes, oh, wow. And then he gets shot in the head. And I think that, oh, wow, is like, oh, it, you were not um, like, I, I really uh, impacted your life in a negative way. <laughs> like he's finally yeah. like the, the sledgehammer of realization is finally hitting Barry after all these years. Like he killed Kusino's girlfriend and that really fucked up his life. And he keeps going on and, you know, trying to pretend like everything is fine and like they can fall back into this mentor mentee relationship. And Kusino is like completely broken by the, the after effects of that, uh, the consequences of that decision. And Barry is just like, never understood that on a human level. I think until he sees that mentor figure finally shoot him, he's like, yeah. Oh, it all kind of connects there. So, <laughs> uh, you know, th there are moments in this episode that I really liked. I just think like it didn't coalesce quite in, in the way that I would have loved. Yeah. I think it's, it's a really good episode until like the final 10 minutes. And then it just like, there's a part, uh, never mind. I was gonna say there's part of me that wishes it just ended with Barry getting shot, but then it doesn't like wrap things up in yeah. a way. So I guess they needed that, that epilogue, but I don't know, man. I just, I don't know. I just feel like there was a better way to end it. And I'm not saying I know what that better way <laughs> is because I'm, I'm an idiot, but, <laughs> but I do think there is a, a different, better way to go, to conclude the show than the way they did it. Well, yeah, this was a, a tremendous era of television and it, it sort of feels like the end of, of one era as we transition. Into, what the hell, you know. what the hell is there now? The idol? No, thank you. I don't want that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to skip that one. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see if um, if HBO and Max and and what the the new uh, crop of shows if if something can sort of um, come up and, and give us like a, a solid one two punch like Succession and Barry did. So um, yeah, if you guys have any any uh, feedback or or um, you know, reactions to either of these finales, send us an email at bpearson at slashfilm.com. I'd love to know what you guys thought about that. Um, all right, I think that's going to do it for today's episode of the show. You can find more about uh, Succession and Barry at SlashFilm.com. SlashFilm Daily is published every weekday, bringing the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please subscribe to our newsletter. Send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag topics to us, again, at bpearson at SlashFilm.com. Leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.